wherever possible, try to get other people in other systems to be handling you know, the bulk of, of your freight and, and trying to stay away from direct LTLs to customers as, as best as you can. Welcome to the Startup CPG Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Freitag. Bonus episode time. At Startup CPG, we recently curated another new and free resource the first list of freight carriers and brokers just for CPG companies. I had the pleasure of helping build this resource, and I thought it'd be fun to bring on one of the many brands who submitted their freight providers to be added to the list to chat about some of the challenges and tips they've encountered related to freight. This episode will include an interview with Alex Cree, co-founder of Bowza, and a few stories and insights from me. Listen in as Alex and I share about the process of finding freight partners, stories of freight gone wrong, and tips from getting your pallets from A to B safely and on time in a challenging environment. I still remember my abrupt entry into the world of freight. I was on the phone with Edison Green in California, and they said, your pallet is on the dock ready for pickup. I said, great. When will it be here? She said, you need to book an LTL pickup and send me a copy of the BOL. I went cold inside and said, I'm going to stop you there. What do you mean by LTL and BOL? In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I grew up on a farm driving trucks of wheat during the summer. Maybe I need to just get in a semi and drive from Oregon to California and go get my pallet. Thankfully, she was kind enough to give me a quick LTL Freight 101 lesson. I booked my first less than truckload using a broker, downloaded the bill of lading, and had everything scheduled on time. Then the shipping lane closed and the shipment was delayed and we had to stop lip bar production for a few days. Yikes. After that mishap, I decided I needed to delve into the world of freight. I found the right broker, updated all my lead times and reorder points, and that didn't happen again. But that moment of feeling left out to dry, in the big scheme, no one cared about my single pallet that my business hinged on. I don't want our startup CPG members feeling that moment, which is why I'm so glad we've been able to release this curated list with filters just for you. When you need freight help quick, we've got a list of options, tips for booking, and a whole Slack community of people in the same boat and ready to help. Speaking of community, let's talk to Alex. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the show today. How are you? Hi, I'm great, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Well, I'd love if you could just, before we talk all things freight, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Alex Cree. I'm the creator and co-founder of Baudza. Baudza is a delicious gooey pizza stuffed inside a soft steamed Chinese bao bun. So bao plus pizza. We're sold nationwide at Sprouts, uh, currently in about seven, uh, 700 points of sale and growing. We were originally founded in China in 2016. So it's a bit of a unique case of us bringing uh, a product from overseas back into the United States uh, as two American founders. And uh, yeah, you know, our, our product um, you know, seems to be seems to be selling well. A lot of people would would compare us to a Hot Pocket. You could almost say that we're a little bit kind of the, the new Hot Pocket. Very cool. I'm wondering if you could just share a little bit with us in your experience over the last few years. What have been some of the challenges that you faced regarding freight and finding the right partner? Sure thing. Well, I would say that our journey through this is just it's been a little bit kind of chaotic. Um, just trying to find out who these people are uh, initially was was difficult. You know, Google search, uh, you know, frozen LTL. Right. Um, and. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 
And and then it was kind of a, a more of a pattern of, of at least trying to reach out to other founders and other brands to see what they were doing. And, you know, I think I think we've we've gotten to a point where at least we've landed on a few uh, that have you know proven at least uh, an OK setup for us. But, you know, this is always something I think for every brand that, you know, as you go through your journey and you're trying to scale that you need to continually um, you know, have your hands on and continually try to optimize. I would say that, you know, challenges wise, uh, there, there's a, a number of challenges, obviously, when you're moving goods around uh, period. And then those, ch- those challenges are, are made more complex when uh, you're shipping frozen goods or temperature controlled goods. Um, so uh, the first is, is just um, with regard to bookings. So bookings are kind of analog. Obviously, you have you know, brokers, you have people like FreightQuote who will submit, you know, an RFP or an RFQ, whatever, um, or, and then they'll, they'll go out and they'll, they'll search their database and try and quote something. Um, and that can be helpful. We go direct to several carriers as well, but it's also very analog. So, you know, it's a lot of emails back and forth. It's a lot of pause on the keyboard, as we like to say. And, you know, it, it just it's just very laborious. Um, so that that part, just booking these is tricky. The second thing is really kind of here and now, you know, with regard to um, the overall U.S. kind of supply and distribution chain, you know, availabilities. Are, are down, uh, delays are up, uh, chaos is is up. And by chaos, I mean things arriving late. I mean things that get lost. This is actually a thing. It's very possible to lose pallets of stuff. Uh, we had a pallet of tomato sauce get lost so, in, in, in literally a parking lot. The carrier had not offloaded it at a kind of a, a cross dock facility. And I had to be on the phone with this guy to kind of with photos of the pallet and kind of like triangulating and asking if anybody in, in his office had heard about it. And he had me on the phone, a mobile phone. He walked out into the parking lot and opened the truck and there was our pallet. So oh just my gosh, <laughs> chaos. We've had carriers lose pallets. We've even had distributors lose pallets of finished product. You know, we had, I think, six product, six pallets just go completely missing. Thankfully, you know, that was on the distributor. It was on, on their side and we ended up getting, getting paid. But, um, you know, very suboptimal when you're trying to get product out to retail shelves. And then the last thing, and maybe even the most important thing above all that is costing. We've watched costing go up and up and up. And, you know, that, you know, it, it's not just for your your longer lanes. So, you know, we produce in California and we have goods going out to the East Coast, right? Um, so you expect those to be expensive. Um, and they've gotten more expensive. But then even even, you know, on the supply chain side where we bring things into our co-packer, um, you know, even within California, uh, those rates have gone up as well uh, and availabilities have gone down. So, you know, when we are getting our product from our co-packer to a warehouse, literally, you know, it's about a 20 minute drive. Uh, you'd be surprised that lane has gotten more expensive. So. It's it's a whole host of challenges, I think, for everybody right now. And when I talk to other founders, I don't see anybody uh, literally at all like having a great time with this right now. I think everybody's kind of in the same boat and it's a bit of a kind of a save yourself um, you know, kind of moment. So that's, I think, kind of what we're all sort of facing here right now. Yeah, yeah. Super challenging times. And like you mentioned with Frozen, because I especially I noticed when even 
going through options that our community members had sent, and some of them were more dry focused, but you would see freight providers that would say, oh, yeah, we do temperature controlled or whatever. And then you kind of dig into it and you're like, do they really? And so I have to imagine that with Frozen, it's really hard to find someone that is actually really going to take care of your goods and provide the service that you need, you know, even if it might say on a website somewhere that technically they do it. Yeah, certainly. And then, you know, a lot of folks as well, they'll say that they do LTLs, but they try to do as few of them as they can. I think Mm -hmm. most of these carriers, brokers, they're looking to consolidate shipments and go FTL, um, you know, whenever they can, you know, less moving pieces, less labor, you know, less, less things that they have to task drivers on and less opportunities for mistakes. So that's also a challenge. Mentioned kind of Google searching frozen LTL and you're just trying to sift through all of the options. Have you and your team learned any tricks on how to vet providers or brokers faster to see if they're going to be a good fit? Or do you try a smaller load first? Or I'm curious if you have any kind of things that you've learned over time of how to how to find good providers faster or sooner or get the right research info you need to, you know, when you're on a time crunch to actually get something shipped. Yeah, you know, that's a a good question. Really, a lot of the time we, we kind of don't even have that luxury. Things need to move quickly. And, you know, you might have a preferred preferred carrier, preferred broker, and they might come up kind of short, right? So they might not have availabilities or their rates just might be outrageous on an important lane that you need. And so we're, we're kind of at this stage. I mean, we're price takers, not not price makers. And so, you know, being very frank, we, we kind of have to play the cards that we're dealt. But yes, I mean, in general, there's there's been a few that have kind of risen to the top that seem a bit more reliable. Obviously, the more goods we move, the more supply chain movement we do, you know, these these reps, and this is obviously still an analog business, a lot of these um, individuals at their desk, uh, making the bookings for us, they know us a lot better. So they know our product, they know, you know, which parts of our product need to be, or, you know, which parts of our supply chain are, are, are naturally going to be uh, refrigerated, which parts of our distribution chain, obviously, are then going to be frozen. So that part makes it a little bit easier once you have relationships, and you've gotten a few under your belt with, uh, with given sales reps. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, you would, you know, there are kind of totally online options, like you said, where, you know, freightquote.com, you can kind of just be searching, but it really is a business where it comes down to do you have the right reps at different places that can represent you? And even at the larger brokerage firms, you can have a vastly different experience depending on who your rep is. So finding that person that understands your business can really change the game in this crazy landscape right now. Totally. And I'm wondering if you and your team have had the chance to take a look at the Startup CPG freight database and if so, how you plan to use it or if you've used it, what that kind of has looked like. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm glad you guys did this. I'm very glad you guys did this. As soon as I saw that you were going to be doing this, um, I made sure that we, you know, at least did our part to try to contribute to this. And so this is very helpful. I mean, it, it's it's helpful. I think you know, for us, it just it gives us it just gives us more hits, gives us a, a more consolidated place to go start um, to start looking. I think our our attack plan with this is probably going to be you know going through these lists and actually reach out to pretty much everybody um, to start establishing the relationships, making sure that they know who we are, and making sure that um, they are going to be ready. Um, you know, kind of at the ready when an RF. Q ultimately hits them. 
and that that would probably feed into our process is is putting more carriers or brokers into our kind of RFQ shortlist where anytime something needs to move, you know, they get an opportunity to bid it out. And that's this helps get us there faster. Yeah, absolutely. And it seems like you're your team was also pretty organized in how you kind of have kept a, a spreadsheet of these are kind of some average rates we're hearing from these. And, you know, these are kind of extra notes. So essentially, you can almost take the startup CPG database, filter it down to the ones that might be a good fit to you and then make your own copy and start adding adding notes to it and, you know, quotes specific to you. And then you have your own very specific database because that's kind of seems like your team was already kind of working on something internally. And then this just hopefully gives you some more options. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it's good to have kind of a the carriers list uh, as kind of your short list. Um, and then our process is, yeah, if we need product moved, we create a very simple RFQ with basically everything that they would need to know about that shipment, when it needs to be picked up and where, uh, when it needs to be dropped off and where, what the goods are, temperature restrictions, you know, a lot of these types of things, uh, you know, obviously product quantities and product types and all of that. And then secondary to that is we actually then uh, collect and, and, and itemize every quote that we get from anybody with end-to-end zip codes. So we're able to track, um, at least, you know, sort of broadly track kind of what rates are doing over time as we log them. So that's it's a bit of a data entry exercise, but it also gives us a sense on, you know, ultimately we hope that that will give us a sense of which carriers are going to be most reliable, which lanes uh, are going to be the best um, so that we can try to you know, position you know, warehousing and things like that. But uh, but certainly, you know, on our team, you know, we have fantastic uh, operations manager, Jenica, uh, who does a very good job of, of trying to keep this organized and, and trying to uh, trying to to keep data as up to date as possible. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It, it reminds me a little bit when we had Fiddle on the show to talk about uh, inventory management of when you're you're getting quotes on raw materials and, you know, a lot of times they just live in a person's inbox and, you know, sure, it takes a little bit of extra time. But, you know, if you can put all of the quotes you've gotten for raw materials in one place and then when you're like, oh, shoot, I need more of this, it's all there. And so I think the same goes for freight, like you're saying of, you know, you're getting this data back. Just take that extra few seconds to log it in a central place and then you pretty soon you've got your own internal resource where you can track what's going on and quickly find something, you know, regardless of if you have turnover, if somebody's gone for the day, or if you just need something really fast. Yeah, exactly. At, at least until we, we get to a point where we can do something more sophisticated, or if there's software, or, you know, if there's a real, you know, centralized go-to solution. Um, but so far, we haven't seen that. Um, so we, we plan on keeping this a very kind of a hands-on game, you know, for the time being. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have any tips for other founders that deal with temperature control, especially frozen for when you're reaching out specifically on those topics and you need to make sure they're taken care of. Is there anything that you found helpful to mention in your intro calls or emails that have made the process smoother with different carriers or brokers? Generally speaking, we've never had an issue with keeping product at temp. Um, the, the main the main issue we get, I, I'd say the best thing to do if you're in you know, frozen production supply chain, or if you're in frozen distribution, is just making sure that the start point and end point, whenever goods are in transit, are competent. And 
you know, making sure that there's temperature logs uh, before anything gets on a truck and making sure that there's a temperature log after it comes off the truck and making sure that there's people on both sides who will not just release products uh, on a truck that's not at temp. So, you know, we've had that before where a supplier was supposed to release something, you know, pre-frozen to us, I believe proteins, and essentially a truck showed up. So a carrier made a mistake. And instead of sending a frozen truck, they sent a refrigerated truck, um, you know, around whatever, you know, 36 or 40 degrees or something like that. And what, what you know, saved us in that case um, was the supplier having kind of the common sense to turn it away and, and just not load. So that that's just going to happen. And that's something really, if you're if you're working with good suppliers, if you're, you're working with good warehouses, they should have a pretty good they, they should have relatively good common sense on that. But yeah, you just got to specify it, make sure everybody all the way through you know, knows what the temp requirements are. And realistically, you know, once it once it makes it on the uh, the truck, we've, we've never had any issues with with uh, temp changes or anything like that in transit. Great. And it sounds like you've been. You've been doing this for a while and you mentioned like shipping lanes and keeping track of these things. Is there when you were kind of first starting this doing your in you weren't familiar with this? Are there any resources or things that, you know, you wish you would have looked into to help get familiar with, like I said, lanes or, you know, kind of into the any of the terminology to be like, OK, how does this crazy shipping freight roll world work? How did you get acclimated to it? And, you know, how can people onboard, I guess, quicker and uh, get up to speed? Yeah. You know, I'd say one of the, the biggest helps, the, the biggest uh, helps for us was, you know, trying to ask for help from our co-packers and uh, customers. So, you know, we had a customer in Northern California. They wanted us to distri- uh, they wanted us to deliver LTLs direct to them. And we basically just asked them, it's like, hey, do you guys have a list of carriers? Do you guys have anybody we can talk to? We've never done this before. Um, and they came back with with a few and that was helpful. Same thing with cold storage. This is actually a bigger one. Um, if you're in frozen, um, you, you, you do need cold warehousing. Pretty much uh, every brand has their own setup. Um, we have a, a central facility up in uh, up in Oakland, but realistically, you know, we made a mistake early on by parking it, parking our central cold storage, you know, further down, not quite central California, but further outside the Bay Area, and it was you know less expensive. It was open. It was they were easy to onboard. It was quick and efficient. But it was also you know, one of the things we then learned is that trucks don't like to go in and out of there or carriers or brokers don't like to book LTLs because there's just not a lot of natural traffic in those corridors. So um, same thing, you know, with our, you know, with our co-packers, suppliers, we, we ask them and we say, hey, do you know anybody that can you know, take product kind of in your vicinity, you know, that type of thing. So I, I'd say really lean into that to the extent possible. Yeah, that's great. Any other final tips related to freight or finding freight partners before we wrap up? Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've done, um, you know, our, our biggest fear right now is that, you know, this labor situation, inflation, it, it's it's just going to keep running away from us. It's, it's going to get worse. And so early on, we made a decision, you know, with our distributors, wherever possible, to uh, institute, you know, pickups. And the distributors don't seem to have as much of a problem, or if they do, it, it's kind of on them. 
Um, and they, uh, you know, so we work with Kehi and Kehi picks up from us. And mm-hmm. we like that a lot more than us having to go LTL out to Kehi. Um, you know, we supply about 10 different Kehi DCs. And if we had to do that, that would be absolute chaos. Uh, we're a startup. We don't have a large team. Um, so that would just be more work. Um, that would be more missed shipments. That would be obviously a lot more cost. And so, you know, a lot of people used to say, oh, you know, the distributors, if they pick up from you, they, they use that as a profit center and they make money off of that. And it's, it's unnecessary waste. We found actually, I think probably the, the tables have, have flipped a little bit and going with the direct uh, distributor pickup uh, is actually more economical than trying to go it alone on freight. So wherever possible, try to get other people in other systems to be handling, you know, the bulk of, of your freight and, and trying to stay away from direct LTLs to customers as, as best as you can. Not easy, very, very tough time for pretty much all of us in any type of shipping, including temp controlled. But yeah, save yourself and 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 try to try to manage as best you can. I, and I can promise you nobody is having a good time at this right now. Yep. Yeah, that's the that's the unfortunate truth. And that's a really good tip. Yeah, I've I've found as well that, you know, with Kehi, they'll they'll pick up a a single master case a lot of times or they'll pick up pick up a full pallet whatever it is but it takes the the burden off of you know your own team and with unfi i think there's a the a weight limit that you have to hit on average to for them to pick up but it definitely is a is a possibility as well for you know for the bigger natural food distributors so that's a great tip cheers and then if people want to want to follow you and you know follow your progress we mostly talked about freight but it's also a good opportunity to just send people your way so you know should they follow you on instagram website what's the best way to keep up with with you and your team yeah sure thing um if you're interested in baudza and want to kind of follow our journey uh you can follow us on instagram uh, it's just B-A-O-Z-Z-A. Uh, you can visit our website, baudza.com. Uh, you can just email me. I'm alex at baudza.com. Great. And will we see you at Expo West? Uh, unfortunately, we will not have a booth, but uh, I will be around. And I'd love to meet anybody that uh, reaches out to me. Okay, great. Well, thanks, Alex. Really appreciate your insights on this tricky freight world and sharing your experiences. Really appreciate it and excited to share this with our community. Yeah, my pleasure and and great job with this list. I, I think it's very, very helpful. And, and thank you to Startup CPG. Uh, I think you guys are really doing a great job of uh, building the community here. Alex covered some great tips. I'd encourage you to look into distributor pickups, establishing relationships with freight providers before you need them and keeping notes on quotes you get and relationships you make. Save a copy of our database and add a notes column for your business with quotes specific to your most common shipments. I want to leave you with three other final tips regarding freight. One, don't be afraid to use a broker. The right broker can take the pressure off you to manage it all and oftentimes has access to great rates that you might not based on their contracts, so you aren't even necessarily paying a premium for their services. At Lipbar, we had a great broker who would spend hours on the phone on our behalf, and I always trusted to have our interests at heart. I certainly didn't have the bandwidth to manage all the troubleshooting that they did. You want to find someone who feels like an extension of your team, which may f- take a few tries. But once you have that relationship, it can really help navigate the freight industry. Two, don't forget to ask about starting credit terms. They vary widely among brokers and carriers and can have a big impact on your business's cash flow. Three, mind the details of your loads. If you don't know the exact weight of a load, don't just round up to the largest whole number. An exact shipment number, such as a thousand pounds, will often be flagged for a reweigh. 
which can then result in additional charges. And make sure to use the correct freight classification code. Using the wrong freight classification can result in additional charges. I've learned the hard way with reway and freight class charges. There are multiple online calculators you can use, especially for freight class code, and then double check with your account representative. For more tips and links to resources like the best freight terms, glossaries we could find, pallet builder visualization tools, etc., I've linked the article that came out with this resource in the show notes. Let us know how you use the new database and stay tuned for more resource drops soon. Thanks for joining us. This Startup CPG podcast is executive produced by me, Jesse Freitag. Theme music is by the Super Fantastics. We'd love to have you join our community of founders and experts. Get the invite at startupcpg.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. It's the easiest way to help us grow our community. See you next time.